Before we open up God's Word this morning, I do have uh, uh, an announcement to make. Uh, as you know, we are in phase one of our reopening, which means we gather every Wednesday at 7 o'clock uh, to worship the Lord and to seek His face, and it's been going wonderful. We are getting ready and preparing for phase two, and that's going to happen in two weeks from today. Uh, that's September the 6th, I believe. Uh, on Labor Day, that, that weekend, we are going to be having services on Sunday now. That's going to start in two weeks, having services on Sunday. As always, we're going to be wearing our masks. We're going to be socially distancing. Uh, we're going to ask for your help in that regard. If you plan to attend our services on Sunday, we ask you to go to our website, uh, belmontag.org, uh, and we're going to ask you to register and say, I, I'm planning on going, uh, on being there on Sunday. And uh, it's a very fast registration. We want to know if you're coming and how many will be in your party. Uh, and we're doing that so that we know uh, and can know how many will attend and so that we can socially distance and plan the seating accordingly. So it'll, registration will be open as of the end of this service. You can go again to our website, belmontag.org. Oh, oh, one more thing I need you to know. There will be no Christian ed in phase two. So the, uh, your whole family will be sitting together in the sanctuary. Uh, so no, phase, uh, no Christian ed in phase two. I think I got everything on that. Am I correct on everything? Did I leave anything out, guys? Yeah. Oh, yeah, my wife mentioned, uh, when I say children's ministry, it means no compass kids. All right? Uh, that will continue on, on Tuesday evenings. Compass kids still is on every Tuesday evening evening. All right, I've got a couple of bottles of water here. As you know, um, we are a people that love to drink water. Well, we have to drink water. Uh, on average, a human being can only live a, approximately three days without water. So water is critical to our survival. And not only do you have your regular tap water, but then there is spring water uh, and uh, this is what I usually drink. And then there's even now smart water. Uh, only smart people drink this. That's why it's called smart water. But uh, obviously it has some uh, vitamins that it's been infused in that. I want to talk to you about water today because in our next stop, in our journey through John, water is the main focus of the chapter. So if you have your Bibles, and I hope that you do, let's look at uh, John chapter 4. Our reading is going to be a little bit lengthy uh, this morning, but it's important so that we can get the full picture of what's going on. John chapter 4, beginning in verse 1. Jesus knew the Pharisees had heard that he was baptizing and making more disciples than John. Though Jesus himself didn't baptize them, his disciples did. So he left Judea and returned to Galilee. He had to go through Samaria on the way. Eventually, he came to the Samaritan village of Sychar, near the field that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. Soon, a Samaritan woman came to draw water, uh, and Jesus said to her, Please, give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. 
The woman was surprised, for the Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, you are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift of God has for you and who uh, you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said, and this well is very deep. Why would you, excuse me, where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoy? Well, Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water. Then I'll never be thirsty again and I won't have to come here to get water. Go and get your husband, Jesus told her. I don't have a husband, the woman replied. And Jesus said, you're right. You don't have a husband for you have had five husbands. Everybody say five husbands. And you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. Now I'm going to jump now to verse 27. Just then, his disciples came back. They were shocked to find him talking to a woman, but none of them had the nerve to ask, what do you want with her, or why are you talking to her? The woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village, telling everyone, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? So the people came streaming from the village to see him. Now, verse 39. Many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because the woman said, he told me everything I ever did. When they came out to see him, they begged him to stay in their village. So he stayed for two days, long enough for many more to hear his message and believe. Then they said to the woman, now we believe, not just because of what you told us, but because we have heard him ourselves. Now we know that he is indeed the savior of the world. Since we're talking about water, I'm going to have some water. All right. So let's recap what we have just read. We find that in verse 4, the Bible says that Jesus had to go through Samaria. That one word, three letters, had, is interesting because as we have just read, the woman realized, well, Samaritans don't have anything to do with the Jews. For those of you unfamiliar with uh, what we're talking about or this scenario, Samaritans were considered a mixed race between Hebrews and Gentiles. Many of them were mixed in that regard, and that's why to the Jews they were considered impure and, those, and thus to be shunned. So normally a Jew would travel around Samaria rather than go 
through Samaria. They would prefer to go the long way around rather than go through Samaria because they didn't want anything to do with Samaria or Samaritans. They wanted to avoid them at all costs. But the Bible tells us that Jesus had to go through Samaria, which indicates to us that there was a purpose for him to go through Samaria, that he was on a mission sent by the Father. And so we find that as he gets into Samaria, it's about noontime, and he's resting because he's tired from walking, and the disciples go into the village uh, to buy some food. Interestingly, a woman comes out to draw water at noon, uh, and the reason why that's interesting is because normally uh, the women would draw water either very early in the morning or in the evening when the sun comes down. So they would normally not draw water at 12 o'clock. So it's interesting that here we find Jesus resting at the well, and a woman who ordinarily would not be there is there and meets up with him. And they start the conversation. Jesus starts it by asking her for a drink. Uh, and now this woman begins to question, why in the world is this man talking to me? She obviously discerned right away, he's a Jew. Uh, Jews would never speak to a Samaritan, let alone a Samaritan woman. But here Jesus is striking up this conversation. And, and I love the Lord's response when she uh, said that because he said, if you knew the gift that God has for you and who it is that's talking to you, you would ask me, and he would give you living waters. And so, now this is what the mission that the Lord had is all about. That he was sent by the Father to offer this woman living waters. That was the gift that he had. And, and by gift, it means she couldn't earn it. Uh, she, was, she didn't deserve it. It was something that was going to be offered to her freely by the Lord Jesus Christ from the Father. And so now, as oftentimes we've been talking a lot about how we need to look beyond the surface or beneath the surface of, of what the Bible is talking about. Here the woman looks on the surface of what Jesus is saying to her. I, I'm offering you living water. And she right away looks at him and says, well, wait a second. You don't have a bucket. You don't have a rope. Where are you going to get the water? This well is deep. Moreover, she said, this is a very special well. This well belonged to Jacob. Jacob and all his family and even his animals drank from this. This is a very special well. Is the water that you have to offer better than this well? And Jesus said, listen, you drink from this well, you drink this water, you're going to get thirsty again. But if you drink the water that I'm offering you, living water, you'll never be thirsty again. And so the woman said, okay, I love that idea. Give me this water so I don't get thirsty. That means I don't have to keep coming back to this well anymore. And, and that, that would be great. But then we find the Lord shifts again. And he asks her a very, he, he declares, uh, tells her to do something that's very interesting. He says, go and get your husband. Now, you, in the natural, again, you may say, what does her getting her husband have to do with getting a drink of water? But it's obvious that the Lord is giving her an opportunity here to open her heart and open up her life to the Lord to tell him what, where she's at truthfully. And 
she did a half truth in that she said, hey, I, I, I have no husband. And she will want, she said, you, you, you got that right. You, you got five, you've had five already and, and you, you're working on a sixth one. The guy you're living with, not your husband even. And she right away, oh my, wait a second. How would he know that? So she discerned right away, you're a prophet, right? And she has, continues on this conversation with the Lord. And, and as we read, ultimately, she leaves her water jar. She goes into the town. She gathers the, everybody says, you got to come out and see this guy. He's telling me everything I ever did. He exposed my whole life and, bore, and laid it bare. How could he know that? He must be the Messiah. Could, be, could he be that? And the Bible tells us that the town came out to hear Jesus. Out of her testimony, the whole town came out. And ultimately, many believed her testimony, her story, in other words, opened the door for many in that town to believe. Now, let's make the connection. Because we're talking about water today, and the title of our message today is Living Water. And I want to make this connection by beginning the declaration that Jesus declared uh, there that God has a gift for every one of us today. God has a gift for every one of us today. Everybody watching at home or wherever it is that you might be watching, God has a gift for you today. And by gift, it means you can't earn it. Uh, it it's something that God is offering freely to all of us. And our text today is a really a comparison between Two types of water, if you will. Uh, there is the water that comes from Jacob's well. And that is symbolic for the water that comes from the earth. Uh, that's what uh, Jacob's well symbolizes. It symbolizes water that is in this well that is stagnant, uh, yet uh, it may refresh momentarily, but only momentarily. In other words, natural water, if you will, you can drink this and in the moment it satisfies your thirst, but ultimately you will become thirsty again, which is a principle that we need to see here and we'll talk about what that means. Then we have living water, which only Jesus can give us, which he declares we will never be thirsty again. And what that means is it will truly satisfy our souls. Now let's look at the two again. Let's look at the, the spiritual significance of this. Jacob's well, the water from Jacob's well symbolizes the temporary satisfaction that the things of this life offers us. There are things of this world and, and this life that offer us temporary satisfaction, but never truly satisfies our soul. As in the case of our text, you look at this woman and obviously the, the water she was drinking of was relationships. She had had five husbands already. We don't know why she went through all of those husbands. We don't know what the details are, but suffice it to say, uh, she had already had five husbands. She, she was now with a sixth man. Here's a woman that kept looking for satisfaction in her soul through relationships, and each one failed to satisfy. Now, listen, I love my wife dearly. We're going to be making 40 
42 years. 42 years that this woman has put up with me. Is she not a saint? 42 years. Think about that. Some people think it's hard to, to put up with me here in church. She's been putting up with me at home for 42 years. What a saint God's blessed me with. Listen, she doesn't satisfy my soul. She can never satisfy my soul. No person living on the earth can ever satisfy your soul. And that's what happens sometimes. We go seeking after relationships, thinking this is going to be the thing that's going to meet the inner part of my soul, the deepest need that I have. And listen, relationships can satisfy you momentarily, but ultimately your soul will still be thirsty. There are people who drink uh, water uh, from the wells uh, of Jacob's well that re represents alcohol or drugs where they like to party, they like to, they like to enjoy themselves, and for the moment, they feel great. Listen, I, I, in my past life, uh, as far as he, when I was a, from a teenager on to my early uh, adulthood, uh, I used to party a lot. I was into every form of drug that you can name, I took just about. And uh, I was taking it on a daily basis. And for the moment, when you take it, 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 it feels good for the moment, but how many know the highway wears off? And all of a sudden now, you're left realizing I'm still depressed. I'm still tired or, or sad. I'm still not happy. Maybe, and this is the trap that we get, maybe, just maybe, I didn't do enough drugs. Maybe I didn't drink enough. And so you go back and you, this time you, you do more. And for the moment, yeah, it feels good. Yeah, I feel nice. But then again, the high comes down and then you're right back where you started from. And that's the trap that you find when you're drinking water from this well. When you're drinking J from Jacob's well, no matter what you can name, uh, it, it, you can, it could be wealth or possessions. You can get to the point where, you, wow, I just got to get this. And, and the more shoes that you have, uh, the more you want. For the moment you buy that latest new pair and it looks good, those are great kicks. But then all of a sudden you realize two months down the road or a month down the road, they don't satisfy you anymore. Why? Because a new one came out. It's the same thing with the phone, Right? I remember when I first got my first Motorola flip phone, I was like, wow, this is bad. See, us old timers, we can use the word bad. Cool. Or if you came from a different side of town, you say, neato. And then all of a sudden, a new model came out. And the one that I thought satisfied me didn't satisfy me anymore. You, you could just keep going on and on and on. My, my first car, my very, I don't know if you old enough, if you remember, how many remember your first car that you bought? Oh, my first car, I was like, yeah, styling. Until one day, I walked in, a car dealer, a new car, and just wanted to see what was there. And I made the mistake of sitting in the new car. You know that new smell? It comes right from the pit of hell. 
Because it's designed that you, my car don't smell that way. No. And all of a sudden in your mind, you, your car now looks like an old beat up jalopy. And, you, and it doesn't satisfy you anymore, even though it gets you from point A to point B. And you had to even thank God the day that you got it. And you say, God bless me with this. But all of a sudden, God's blessing doesn't satisfy, does it? You see, we all, in one form or another, are tempted or drawn to drink from Jacob's well, believing that it will satisfy. What, what draws me may not draw you, but you've got your own Jacob's well that you are drawn to drink from, you see. And it's important that we look at it because it may satisfy for the moment, but that is always temporary. It will not last. And it's important that we remember today that God has a gift for every single one of us today that you can't earn. He's offering it freely. It is the gift of living water. In John chapter 7, verse 30, uh, 37, on the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted, to the crowd, anyone who is thirsty, come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink, for the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart. When he, uh, when he said living water, he was speaking of the spirit, which would be given to everyone. Come on, say everyone with me. To everyone believing in him. But the Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet entered into his glory. So what, the Bible makes it very clear that living water, the free gift that Jesus is offering us today, is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is living water. Not waters, it's not, it's not plural, it's singular. Living water, that's the Holy Spirit. And to experience living water... The water that truly satisfies our soul. We have to do like the woman in our text. We need to come to a place where we recognize that there are things in our life that shouldn't be in our life. There are wells that we've been drinking from that we shouldn't be drinking from, you see. That's all Jesus was trying to do when he brought it to her attention about her husband. You see, she ultimately left her water jar. That is a picture of repentance. Remember, we've been talking about this word repentance, where it just simply means I'm living wrong, but I turn around and I'm going to live right before God. She knew I, I've been drinking from this well, from Jacob's well. I've got five husbands already, and I have a sixth man that I'm living with that's not even my husband, and it's time that I stop living that way called repentance if we will repent and we will believe in the Lord Jesus Christ notice Jesus on this last day of this festival he stood up and he is shouting to everybody if you believe all you have to do is believe and come the gift is here for you it's a free 
gift from my Father, living water, the Spirit of the Lord that will, and will come into your soul and refresh your soul like nothing that this world has to offer. Would you say amen to that? Now, if you have never received Christ as your Savior, I want to encourage you to do that so that you can experience living waters, the Spirit of God nourishing your soul. For those of us that are on this journey a little bit longer, and we have done that, it's important that we're reminded today that we cannot just drink once of this living water. The Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, let's, let me remind you, this was written to the church, to the believers, to those who had already put their faith in Jesus Christ. The, the, the exhortation there is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, the word be and, and filled there in the Greek, is written in the present continuous tense. And what that simply means is, let me just expand the, the, the literalization of this, what, what the Bible is saying here. It means be continually filled. Be continually filled. Uh, another way to put it is be being filled. There should be a constant filling of the Holy Spirit in all the lives of, of the believers, of the people of God. You see, we need to recognize that it, living waters is not something that we drink of just once in our life. We don't just drink of the Holy Spirit once. We are exhorted in the scriptures to be constantly filled with living water, constantly filled with the Holy Spirit. And there's a purpose or a reason for that. Number one, only the Holy Spirit can satisfy our soul. Let's remind myself. Only the Spirit of God can truly minister to your deepest heart. The thing, the thing where your, your passion beats, the thing that your deepest needs, only the Spirit of God can ever meet the need of the soul. Now, having said that, when we fail to drink living water, when I, as a Christian, begin to live my life and I don't go to God daily and ask God to fill me with this living water, to fill me with his spirit, then what winds up happening is my soul starts getting thirsty again. And when my soul gets thirsty and I'm not looking to God, I default automatically to look to Jacob's well again. And that's why, as Christians, we could be on this spiritual journey. And nobody's questioning whether we are truly Christians, and nobody's even questioning whether we love God. I'm simply saying that we need to recognize that there are times, if we're not careful, if we're not asking the Lord to fill us with the Holy Spirit, with living waters, then what happens is we are tempted or drawn back to Jacob's well. And it happened to God's people in the Old Testament. Listen to Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 13. 
for my people have done two evil things. This is God speaking. For my people have done two evil things. They have abandoned me, the fountain of living water, and they have dug for themselves cracked cisterns that can hold no water at all. In other words, God looking from heaven down upon his people. He's not looking at those who don't follow him. He's not looking at those who have never embraced him. He's looking at those who are, have embraced him, who are called by his name, his people. And he said, I see two things happening in, in my people's lives. Number one, they, they've abandoned me, the living water. I am the fountain of living water. It is from me that the Holy Spirit flows into their life and meets the deepest need of their soul but they've forgotten that and not only have they forgotten that but then they've taken a step further and they're digging their own wells thinking it's going to satisfy them brothers and sisters we need to ask ourselves a question today what water have we been drinking from today just looking and examining our own life. This is not for you to think about your neighbor or anybody else. For you personally, what water have you been drinking from? Have you been being filled with the Spirit of God? Is He the one that's been truly nourishing, satisfying your soul? Or do you find yourself digging your own well? Trying to find your own way in something that truly satisfies you. What the Lord is asking us today is will you come back to drink living waters? Come back to the fountain of life. Worship team, if you would come back, please. We're talking this morning about living waters. God has a gift for every single one of us. You know what I love about that? Sometimes as, as Christians, we can fall back into the law in this wise. This is what I mean by that. Sometimes as the children of God, we start to think that I can't get anything from God unless I'm in a place where I'm doing everything right before God. Otherwise, I don't deserve anything from God. Therefore, I won't receive from God. And all God is saying to you and I today is, I want you to just take the first step. That's all you got to do. Just recognize, man, I've been drinking from Jacob's well, and I shouldn't be drinking from that well. I'm not going to do that anymore. Lord, would you give me the gift that you have for me? Jesus, if you knew the gift, so many of God's children have gone by the wayside. So many of God's children are lost and struggling because they just don't know. We don't know the gift of the Holy Spirit. We've never drunk deeply of the Spirit of God. And, and the great thing about Jesus, he's saying, it's a gift. It's free. All you have to do is believe. And out of your inner being will flow, it will bubble up rivers of living water.